which is found in most of the Bibles on page 854, or it's up behind me. James, a servant of God of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. The brother in humble circumstances ought to take pride in his high position. But the one who is rich should take pride in his low position because he will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich man will fade away even while he goes about his business. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when, by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Hi everyone. Uh, I'm going to lead us in prayer as we come to think about this passage of uh, God's word. Father, uh, we want to thank you for your word. We thank you that it is uh, that it is true, that it is right, that it is uh, our guide for life, uh, that is our rule of faith, our rule of conduct. And Father, because it reveals to us of yourself and your uh, plan and your purpose for our lives. We pray, Father, that uh, by your spirit that the word would be enlivened within our minds and our hearts, that we would be people who continue to trust in you uh, throughout our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Cassie and I went for a drive in the uh, countryside and uh, we, were, we were out of mobile telephone range and so that meant, of course, we had no uh, GPS navigation. However, with a sense of adventure, we decided to turn into a back road. Uh, we didn't know where the road was going to take us 
or what the uh, road conditions would be like, and so we ended up on a bumpy road to nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I kind of like Google Maps, don't you? Because you can see the destination. You can see uh, whether or not the, word, the road turns to gravel, uh, which means that you can weigh up um, your, your plans, can't you? You can weigh up whether the destination is worth the bumpy ride. And so I wonder if you've ever thought of your life in that sort of way. I mean, thinking about uh, your destination, where you want to end up, what is your preferred destination in life? You know, when we think about those things, we often think about goals for uh, things like our relationships, our, um, our health, our security and so on. But the question we need to ask is, uh, how does the gospel of Jesus affect our preferred destination and what are we prepared to go through in order to get to that destination? Now, today we open up our Bibles at the book of James, uh, which would be a good thing to do right now, actually. And uh, when you think about the book of James, well, I kind of think it's a book which every Christian seems to love, don't you? Isn't that right? We all love the book of James because it is just so good in helping us to, uh, in, in the, the practicalities of of everyday Christian living, like how we treat one another. Hey, isn't that important? How we use our tongues. What is our attitude towards material things? And in today's passage, how do we respond to the bumps and the potholes uh, in the road of life? Talk about suffering. How do we respond to suffering? Now, uh, in the New Testament, there are a, a few men uh, who go by the name of James. And uh, this letter doesn't exactly tell us which James wrote the letter. Most likely, uh, it was James, the brother of Jesus. Although, if you have a look in chapter 1, verse 1, he simply introduces himself as being James, a servant of God, and of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and it's a letter which we notice it's not addressed to any one particular church, is it? Uh, rather, he addresses it to, and I quote, the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. And you think, well, who is that? I mean, does that, does that sound like us? It sounds something more like from the Old Testament, doesn't it? You know, like uh, perhaps a letter written from Jerusalem and sent out to the 12 tribes of Israel when they were living in exile, either in Assyria or in Babylon, when, uh, when Israel were, were, were God's people living in pagan lands amongst people who don't know God. <laughs> when you think about it, that sounds a lot like us, doesn't it? <laughs> sounds a lot like us, because as Christians, we are God's new people. We are the new Israel. And we don't live separated from the world, do we? No, we actually live in the world. In the world. Which means we go through a lot of the same things in life that uh, everyone else goes through, including the same trials as other people. Trials like sickness, trials like difficult relationships, 
trials like grief and poverty. But as God's people living in an ungodly world, we can suffer something else, can't we? We can actually experience suffering or persecution just for being Christians. And in each of these kind of trials, our faith in God is tested. <laughs> you see, it's, it's easy for me to say, I trust in God when the road is like smooth bitumen. <laughs> but what about when we hit the bumps? What about when, when life gets hard and, and we're suffering? Will we continue to trust in God then? Will we continue on the same road? Or will we turn back? Well, as Christians, it's good to know the destination, isn't it? And we do know the destination. Uh, let me read to you from verses 2 through to 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that, with the purpose that, you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. Wow. <laughs> There's a few things. That pure joy. Pure joy. I mean, it's a strange thing to say, don't you reckon? I mean, suffering by its very definition involves pain and loss and sorrow and grief. And, well, how can that be joy? let alone pure joy. Well, James reminds us of where we are heading. Now, of course, our final destination is heaven. It's the, described as being the crown of life uh, later on in uh, the passage. But before then, God's goal for us is to transform our character so that we become more godly which sometimes means um, being humbled, being, being stripped of our pride, being stripped of those things in our life which have taken the place that rightfully belongs to God in our lives, or that deeper suffering, or that through suffering rather, that we come to a deeper understanding and a realisation that nothing else matters except that we can cling to God who carries us through the dark and difficult times. We learn dependence on him. Now, in the Old Testament, there was a rich man by the name of Job. Uh, and Job was tested. His faith was tested. He, Job lost everything. He lost his family he lost his health, he lost all of his possessions, gone, stripped away. And still, even in the dust of his life, Job was able to say, I know that my Redeemer lives and that even after my skin has been destroyed, that in my flesh I will see God. He knew the des destination, didn't he? He knew the destination. And through his suffering, his faith was not only proven to be true, but was strengthened. Now, uh, it's the same for us. 
You see, persevering, by definition, is hard, isn't it? That's what it means to persevere. Persevering is hard. But in verse 4, it makes us, the perseverance itself works in us to make us more mature as Christians. And when we think that by suffering we might be actually losing something, rather than losing something, it actually makes us complete and not lacking anything in terms of what really matters. Which means that the reason God does not shelter us from suffering is because he loves us and he wants us to grow as Christians. And in the midst of the suffering, and even as we prepare ourselves for suffering in the future, what do we need? We need wisdom, don't we? We need God's wisdom. And so in verse 5, James says, Well, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. (laughs) But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind, and that man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. All right, so imagine you, that you're driving along that uh, country road and uh, suddenly <clears throat> you're off the bitumen and you realise you've hit the gravel and the potholes. And so you check your GPS, which tells you that the, the gravel road only goes for five kilometres before you're back on the smooth bitumen. And so you think, well, I know the destination, and I I know that the destination is really worth it, and I know that the gravel is only temporary, and so I'm going to persevere, I'm going to press on. But what, what if you had checked your GPS, and you thought, well, I don't believe that the gravel is only five kilometres. It could be 50 kilometres for all I know. I don't trust Google Maps, and so I'm turning back. But you have to ask the question, well, why bother even checking your GPS if you're not going to believe it, regardless? Now imagine that your life starts to get bumpy through suffering. And so you seek wisdom from God, you pray to God, and you search God's word God's word which tells us the destination. God's word that tells us that the suffering is only temporary and that suffering is actually for our good. But you choose to doubt God and not believe him. So you turn around and go back to the world. (laughs) Why bother seeking God's wisdom if you're not going to believe it? regardless. That, says James, in verse 8, is a double-minded man who, instead of being made complete, is actually going to end up with nothing from the Lord. Now, sometimes we can turn a trial which could have made us to be more like Jesus into a temptation to make us more like the world. Um, Like, for example, uh, when we're doing it tough 
financially. And uh, maybe we're really struggling and even hit rock bottom. Or even when we're just thinking that life could be better if I had more money and we're tempted to envy others. Well, in that situation, what is the wisdom that we need? In verse 9, James says that the brother in humble circumstances ought to take pride in his high position. But the one who is rich should take pride in his low position because he will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant, its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich man will fade away even while he goes about his business. I remember an ad for a Christian superannuation company and uh, where they said, for true financial security, invest in us. Oh, really? That's interesting, coming from a Christian uh, uh, you know, company, isn't it? Because money, as necessary as it is, is not where true security is found. And yet so much in our culture says that it is. And so we can en end up envying those who've got more than us, who we think are not doing it as tough as us. We can envy those who are wealthy. But here James reminds us of the destination. But in the end, all worldly wealth fades away. And what truly matters is not a person's status in the world, but rather their status in Christ. Um, the poor man, the poor woman, uh, if he or she trusts in Jesus... How wealthy are they? Wealthy beyond measure. Sins forgiven. Eternal life is theirs. And so that person should take pride in their high position, their high status in God's eyes. And the wealthy man, says James, should take pride in his low position. For if he does not trust in Christ then no matter how extensive his portfolio is, no matter how big his bank balance is, he's like a flower which blossoms, which looks beautiful for a while, but then inevitably will wither away. I've known uh, Christians who have been struggling financially, genuinely struggling financially, and in that situation, they have been offered jobs which would, if they said yes, would bring relief to their financial struggle but would mean compromising their faith. Uh, like, for example, working in an industry which always damages people. And that's a trial which could have led to a temptation but persevering meant saying no and trusting that through their perseverance, God would be honoured and their faith would be strengthened, that they would become more like the Lord Jesus. Because although the road is bumpy, remember the destination. Verse 12. 
Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Now, suffering is not fun. Suffering is painful. And in our pain, um, we may have questions. In our pain, we may cry out to God with those questions. In, in Psalm 13, the, the psalmist cries out, How long, O Lord? How long? How long must I have continued to have sorrow in my heart every day? And we can understand that. We can understand that. But that's different to the person who in the face of trials in the face of suffering, decides to turn back and to turn away from God. And then even blames God for tempting them to sin. (laughs) Verse 13, When tempted, no one should say, God has tempted me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire is dragged away and enticed and then after desire has conceived it gives birth to sin and sin when it is full grown gives birth to death. God allows us to experience difficulties in our life because he loves us and I mean in verse 18 um, we're reminded that he has chosen us through the word of truth to be his new people to be his new creation to be his new Israel, to be the new people of God, and it cost him the death of his own son. And so why would he change? God is not fickle. God is not like a shifting shadow. Why would he then tempt us to sin? Of course he wouldn't. Don't be deceived, says James. So what then is your preferred destination in life? Is it to be more godly? Um, One of the blessings I've experienced um, by um, just being a part of this church for 26 years now, my goodness, um, is that uh, during that time I've gotten to know people through large sections of their life. I've gotten to know uh, older Christians whose Faith in Jesus has has absolutely stood the test of time through many decades. Um, Godly men and women who are humble and gentle and patient and loving and self-controlled and and wise. And uh, I think to myself, well, that's the destination I'd like to arrive at. (laughs) And pray that that's the kind of person that God would make me to become. And then I learn about the road that they've travelled. That life has not been smooth bitumen. That instead God has allowed them to go through times of suffering. Even times of very deep suffering. um, Terrible sicknesses. um, Disabilities grief of the kind of the worst kind, war, even as captives. 
one of the really godly, lovely, gentle, humble men in church. I, I didn't know until his funeral, when they gave the eulogy, that he'd been, been a, a captured by the Nazis and made a slave building roads into Russia. I just know him as the godly, gentle, humble kind of guy that I want to be like uh, in church every day. But instead of becoming bent and bitter, uh, some of these people I've known have, they have just had this peace about them and this, well, dare I say it, this joy that exuded from them. Because through their suffering, they trusted Jesus and God shaped them to become the people they became. It's not always the case, for I've known of others who have uh, professed faith in Christ and, uh, and then when they have hit a trial, a difficulty in life, have actually turned away from God and have gone and pursued the world instead and have ended up no longer professing faith in Christ. Others who've gone through exactly the same trial have persevered and have become more mature and God has blessed them. Now perhaps uh, you've been through some suffering. Um, you may even be going through some suffering at this very time uh, and uh, you will go through suffering in the future. Perhaps through relationship problems or health problems or financial problems and it's painful it hurts notice that James doesn't say that the trials themselves are pure joy that would be stupid no he tells us to consider it pure joy when we face those trials when we face those trials because we know that there is a purpose and yet in the midst of suffering, uh, with decisions to be made and perhaps with uh, temptations emerging from that, uh, that trial, what do we need? We need wisdom, don't we? Not the wisdom of the world, but the wisdom which comes from God. To remember the destination, to trust that his word is true, and to learn what it means to depend on him alone when you lead us in prayer father in heaven uh, we uh, know that we are your people living in a fallen world a sinful world and we know father god that you don't promise us a smooth journey but rather that you will carry us through the um, the bumps and the trials and the difficulties in life uh, as we put our trust in you and as you use those difficulties to shape us to become more the people that you would have us be. Father, we pray that in those times uh, that we would not be tempted and we would not fall to temptation to turn away from you, but we would keep on trusting in your word and trusting in you, Father, that you would uh, change and grow us uh, through that, um, those difficulties in life, uh, that we would uh, love and trust and serve you all our days. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.